follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. ESPN 1000. You can watch us on Twitch today and every day. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. You can listen on ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, or of course the ESPN Chicago app. We're here till 11 o'clock today, getting you set for Championship Sunday. Don't forget to Black and Abdallah with a special wanna bet. Black and Abdallah today coming your way at 130. They will do a little bit of a pregame of Niners and Eagles. And then, of course, they will be on during the game, breaking it down as it happens, getting you set for some live betting, what they're interested in as it unfolds. And then they will be on with a pregame show leading up to Chiefs and Bengals as well. Again, Black and Abdallah want to bet presented by FanDuel today at 1.30. So make sure you're here for that as well. I'm Jeff Meller along with Barstool Chief as we talk football And I was talking earlier, uh, we were both talking about how this is a great Sunday for the NFL. I love this day. It is my favorite NFL Sunday of the year because there's so much at stake. And it is real football. It feels more natural than the Super Bowl, which has so much surrounding it that it kind of, even though it's real football, the Super Bowl, of Mm -hmm. course, don't get me wrong. It feels a little bit less like a normal football game where these two games always, to me, feel like a a more normal NFL Sunday. There's also that extra bye week. So you lose a little like fan momentum where you're waiting that extra week to to have the uh to have the Super Bowl. So I think there's something to that too where you just you just get in you get in playoff mode and NFL mode and it's every Sunday and then you have a break and it almost feels like the Super Bowl is like a a separate heightened event that's almost separate from whatever just happened the last four months. No, there's no doubt about it. And then, of course, you know, for most people, everything surrounding the Super Bowl, whether it's a party, most people are going out somewhere to watch or consume the Super Bowl. Maybe they're hosting the party. But for the most part, it is a social gathering, right, Mm -hmm. where you can't even, even if you wanted to, unless you're going to be a hermit and stay at home, it's really hard to consume the Super Bowl the way you would your other football action, right? Like, especially if you're somebody who really gets into the game and you're not just a casual observer who's hanging out for the halftime show, right? Like, you can't watch the the Super Bowl the same way you can uh, the conference championship games today. This is one of those things that as I've gotten older, Uh I have avoided... The uh, you have to be careful with who you watch the Super Bowl with. You have to be you're on the same page. Like if you're if you're doing it with you know wives and girlfriends, like that's fun and great. But I like it to have like a core group of guys, or or even I'll do it alone. But usually like three four guys, and we all kind of have to be gamblers, and you all have to kind of know what that means. And and you're chasing different things, and you're not jinxing people, and and you have to do things kind of the right. Like you have to have your crew doing it the right way. Otherwise, it's just not it's just not an ex- the, the experience that you're going to want. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Whereas today, for the most part, you know, you know, maybe some people are having some, some the usual Sunday crew over to watch the game and it's not as big or it's not as big of festivities. But my question to you, Ryan, is, is the NFL, which I love it, but is it in any way interesting to you, the idea of splitting up 
the conference championship games and making them either a Saturday Sunday affair or Sunday Monday night affair. I hate change. Mm-hmm. I love this. We Sunday. all do. This is my number one Sunday. It's above Easter. It's the greatest Sunday there is. And I want those games. I want my like uh, your iPhone thing where it counts your steps. I want it to be under a hundred. I want to like back and forth to the kitchen, to the bathroom, and that's about it. I'm on the couch with the dog. When I leave here, I'm going to go, go make my award-winning chili. Uh, shout out Joe Flam. He gave my chili an award one time. Nice. And, uh, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to like just kind of graze on that chili all day over seven, eight hours of these games are going on, and that's all I want. So splitting them up, that just is uh, untenable. Like I don't, I don't want to hear that. Uh, I would, you know, just try, and I think we all are reluctant. Nobody likes change. We're yeah. all, we like Creatures what we like, habit. and yeah, keep it the same. But there has been conversation, it's been floated about the idea of the NFL breaking it up to maybe maximize their television dollars, right? And I was just thinking about the idea. Would it be better to do it on it? I think I would prefer, personally, if they did end up breaking it up, I would prefer a Saturday Sunday combo as opposed to the Sunday-Monday. Now, I think the NFL would probably lean towards Sunday-Monday because you've got too. the natural Monday-night game. But well, and more people are just home. I think you, you yeah, lose Saturday, some audience you're right. naturally, just like, ah, I'm going to go out to dinner. That hasn't deterred the you know college football from playing their, That's true. their, their, their college football playoff games, uh, the semifinals, on a Saturday night. On New Year's, New Year's Eve. Eve. Which I actually love because I'm not a big New Year's Eve guy, so mm-hmm. it's like, I got something to do. I got something to do, which is watch football. It's uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, amateur hour when you come to, when it comes to the uh, going out days is New Year's Eve, and I think once you get a little more seasoned, a few more years under your belt, most people come to that conclusion pretty regularly. It's not uh, it's not an opinion that is uh, yeah. not held by many. I want to sit there watch football and be in a bad mood. That's what I, that's what I want to do on New Year's. Like ah, this another year's gone by. I'm a little bit older. I'm, I'm still losing bets. And, and these games are blowouts. So I just want to sit there, watch football, be in a bad mood. That's my New Year's Eve plans. Jake Cantu, you're a little younger than us. You're maybe not so hardened in your ways. What, what if I gave you the idea of, and I, Jake, uh, sorry, uh, sorry for your car, Cowboys, my man. Tough loss. It's all right. I, I've, I've digested di- it a lot more now. Diehard Cowboys fan, okay. Jake Cantu, producing the show today. You're, you're not as old as uh, Barstool Chief and me, Jeff Meller, here on ESP 1000. You're not as old as us. Are you, can I, is that, in any way appealing to you if you break up conference championship Sunday and go like a Sunday Monday? You know what? Like for me, I really don't care because I'm just still going to consume it no matter what day it is. Sure, right? We're so football like, fans, yeah. At yeah. the end of the day, especially me, where like I'm, I'm going to make time, whatever my schedule is, to sit down and watch whatever day that may be. So it, it doesn't matter what they're going to do is what they're going to do. Obviously, like I'm in favor, like with Barstool Cheap, to just keep it on the same day because I don't want change. But if they did it, I'm still going to adjust to it, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, listen, I'm not saying I would protest and boycott yeah. and be like, oh, that's it. I'm only watching the NFC Championship <laughs> game this year. Uh, of course, we're, you know, we're consumers of the NFL product that is a juggernaut. And it's, it's undeniable. They know what they have in their product. It is the only, like, you look at it, like, year after year, it's like 42 of the top 50, you know, television programs in America. They They are... Uh, unbelievably, they're they're the machine that cannot be stopped. Yep. So you know that yes, we're definitely going to watch it if that's something they're truly interested in doing. Did you like the the wild card game on Monday? Because I didn't even super really... wild card. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even really like that. I um, like having just back to back to back to back three in a row. Give it to me all yeah, day long. Interesting. So I'm trying to think like once they expanded to that seventh team, F seven seed in both yep. conferences. 
um, and just you know relegated the bye to only the one seed. Now we've got six games on Wild Card Weekend. The question is, and, and, and speaking of change, that's a change I did not like. I, I don't like I the seven like seed. That one. You did, interesting. Yeah, okay, it, like give me more football. Yeah, you know, more playoff games. I'll tell you this. Yeah. Initially, I was reluctant to it, but once it came about, I did like having the the two extra games on, yep. on Super Wild Card Weekend, as they like to call it. Um, but I don't know if I would have if you move that to Saturday and you start Saturday earlier. You do a noon kickoff on Saturday, yeah. right, and just roll it straight in. I actually did. I do like having that super wild card game on Monday night. Okay. I, I like the three, you know, spanning it out over three days. And as the father of twins who are 12 years old, they do have activities that occasionally get into the way. So I can kind of adjust my schedule. Drive yourself to practice. Well, I, they're not there yet, but I can figure out like ways where I can manipulate it, have some help, you know, carpool it up. If I'm willing to, I can kind of like Saturday morning up until three. Yeah. As a dad, I can kind of like, all right, I'll take on the responsibilities. Yeah. Whatever you need, I got it until three o'clock. But then once Saturday afternoon rolls around, all right, you know, this yeah. is, I'm, consider me out. You, you can skip whatever game the yeah. Chargers are in. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I try not to, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. at the same time, like, give but me you up know until they're going to lose. You know they're going to lose. There's anticlimactic. Yeah. The Chargers are going to lose that game. Inevitably. Always. Yeah. What did you think about the Chargers bringing back Brandon Staley? Ridiculous? Or or can you see the idea of you've got a young coach who did bring your team to the playoffs and it was an epic collapse, but did yeah. you like that idea? Or can, I guess, can you wrap your head around? Like, because we're so knee-jerk, right? Everyone's yeah. like, ah, oh, get, get Staley out of there. They fired uh, Joe Lombardi, their offensive coordinator, but they allowed Staley to come back. What did you think of that? I think that's fine. You know, I've always said that I think the, the model franchise in the NFL is the Steelers, and they've had three coaches in like 50 years. Mm-hmm. Chuck Knoll, Cowher, and then uh, Mike Tomlin. Mike yeah. Tomlin. So that, to me, is the ideal situation. You have to find the right guys, obviously, but this like carousel that the Bears and all, a lot, basically every other organization, they're just like, well, it's been two, three years. So this guy can't do it. Get him out of here. I like the idea of having some stability and building a culture, and if they feel like he's done a good enough job, which he got them to the playoffs and they have this quarterback, you, maybe you tweak the staff to, to try to get yourselves to the next level. But I, in general, I, I like the idea of if you're having success, which I would say that they are, of keeping that guy around. Like the Bears fire and love you after winning 10 games. It just felt like, you know, like is that the right time for that move? And then to bring in Trustman, like it's, well, you know, it's not, the grass is not always greener. In retrospect, of course, the Trustman hiring was a disaster. Yeah. But I will, I always defended the idea that they fired Lovey Smith at that moment because they had, I think, banged their head against the wall so many times with Lovey Smith trying to find a solution to the offensive coordinator yeah. that he was never able to do. And, Lovey Smith, thank you very much because it came full circle, right? He did. He the man who did us a solid, who who who, who never self fired, yes, <laughs> who, who never you know never say die, keep winning until the season is over, tack on those extra couple of wins. I, I have this. Sylvie and I in, are in full agreement. We talk about it all the time. Lovey Smith was somebody who always would tack on a couple extra meaningless wins when no. the Bears. It seemed like they were they were listen. They never quit. They were no. playing hard, but. There were plenty of years where it was, you know, eight and eight or nine and seven, mm-hmm. where you knew the Bears weren't going anywhere, right? Yeah. And 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 that season, that ten win season, was the essence of a couple of, you yeah. know, 
tacked on wins where you knew the Bears weren't going anywhere. Olin Krutz told us this great story one time that he came in. I can't remember what year it was exactly. Where it was like, hey, like I need help on this offensive line. The offense needs help. And Lovey, hey, don't worry about it, big fellow. We're going to take care of it this offseason. We got some money to spend. We're going to get you some help on that offensive line. Oh, great. Thank you. Signed Julius Peppers. So, so, so it's like, you know what? Yeah, we're yeah. Forget having an offense. Let's just double down on that defense. And they brought in Julius Peppers. And they never signed anybody. And that was kind of the, the story. Yeah. Is that they just never, they never really invested in the offense the right way and couldn't get it going. But there, I, I do think that having a culture and like, like they had a, the Bears had an identity when they had Lovey and, and that there's something to be said for that. No, it, and it was the height of, you know, Bears football, Lovey Smith's tenure. You know, for you know, over the last thirty years, mm-hmm. because and I'm obviously deliberately taking out, you know, and not going back farther, so that right. we're not going to uh, account for the Super Bowl, which uh, the obviously the 37th anniversary just happened. You weren't even alive I when wasn't. they were when they were winning that Super Bowl way back when. But it, it you know, Lovey Smith's era as football coach was was the height of Bears football over the last thirty years. It's undeniable, but. And I understand, like, you know, Olin Krutz, guys like that, Julius Peppers, Brian Urlacher, um, you've heard them on the station year after, you know, for for years. They love Lovey Smith. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so. What they were able to accomplish with him was a very good era of football, but it, they just came up short. And the reality is, I think, too, you have to sometimes divorce from what the players in the locker room want because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like he was a great coach to play for. They love playing for him and they, they, but it, I think I, I felt I feel like it had run its course with him, and you could make that argument. You know, they yep. ju- they just weren't going anywhere with him. And sometimes I think what people don't remember that the Bears' offense with Mark Trestman that first season it was electric. It looked like it was actually moving in the right direction. Yeah. Now, you know what happened between the loss to the Packers, you know, and and that off season where things went completely haywire, and all of a sudden the defense you were trotting out there. I think the problem was. They never Trust- got the timing right. They didn't. Yeah. They had finally figured out something on offense in Trestman's first year, but then they had let the defense get too old, and they hadn't really reinforced it with enough talent yep. to complement the offense that they were trying to move into. It's uh, it's an you know, it's the age old formula though for, in the NFL. You have to figure out how to play complementary football. You need both both offense and defense to win this game because it's very difficult to do it with just one. Yeah, you can't. You can't. No. Um, three one two three three two three seven seven six. The we have an unlikely source of trash talk in the Bengals Chiefs rivalry that's going down today. We'll share who that was next. Listen to us now live on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. <laughs> Hanging out with you here on ESPN 1000. We're talking football because, of course, we are. It is January and it is Championship Sunday. So, what else will we be talking about? 312 332 3776. If you'd like to chime in, talk about the championship games with us, we're here for you. Of course, we've got the 49ers and Eagles getting things kicked off at 2 o'clock today on Fox. 
And that will lead right into the AFC Championship game, a rematch from last year. The Bengals will head to, do you say Arrowhead or do you say Burrowhead? Mm-hmm. They play today, tonight uh, in the nightcap at 5.30. At least it's scheduled for a 5.30 kick. They will, of course, hold it if for some reason the Niners-Eagles game goes later on, which I always think is a shrewd move. Not that it's it, it's hard, but you know, every once in a while you get a game that... Uh, goes later into you know whether it's the, it's the previous game and if it pushes it a little bit they will kick off a little bit later don't forget uh, black and abdallah will be with you from 1 30 to 5 30 today with a special version of wanna bet black and abdallah presented by FanDuel as they take you up until both games but during the niners and eagles game they will be giving you all the lines all the live lines that they're interested in and what they've got their eye on as it unfolds and so they'll be They'll be talking football all day long here on ESPN 1000 as we are here until 11 o'clock today. Cherish it. Only three games left. Oh, I hate that. I know. I do hate that. You know, it's uh, it's always... This oh. is the, the Super Bowl Sunday is sneaky the worst day of the year. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it's the furthest amount of time for more football. And it is... I, I get a little bit sad. And that's like you're talking with this gambling show coming up. Like That's the day I go a little bit, you know, responsibly go a little bit nuts because it's like I don't really care about anything for gambling purposes other than football. So Super Bowl Sunday is always like kind of a sad, sad day until March Madness. So let's not depress our listeners anymore. Don't worry. We're not going to talk about it being over. It's still here. We've still got three more to enjoy and relish in. And the Bengals Chiefs, of course, is the main course today because it is Joe Burrow. It is Patrick Mahomes. And an interesting source of trash talk appeared the other day when the Cincinnati mayor, Aftap Perel, weighed in with this proclamation that he shared via social media. Good afternoon, Cincinnati. I have a proclamation from the desk of the mayor. Be it proclaimed, whereas the Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Burrowhead Stadium for their second consecutive AFC championship game. Whereas at last year's game, the Bengals scored more points than the Chiefs, resulting in a Bengals victory and a Chiefs loss. Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, who's 3-0 against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test confirming whether or not he's his father. Whereas all season long, Cincinnati has been on a path of destiny, fighting it out to overcome anyone who stands between them and a Super Bowl win. And whereas Kansas City is named after its neighboring state, which is, you know, just kind of weird. Now, therefore, I, Aftab Kirval, mayor of the city of Cincinnati, do hereby proclaim January 29th, 2023, as they got to play us day in Cincinnati. Thank you. A lot going on there. That was a, a word salad. Like, who approved this? It, <sighs> was that the mayor himself, or is that like his? It pe- was the mayor himself. Yes. All right, that's terrible. He should be impeached. That that was so bad to have it that contrived and worded that way. And he probably thought he was the funniest guy in the world. Just just get up on the mic and scream "Who day?" You got uh, the right? built-in saying with the Bengals. Who day? We love Joe Burrow and get out of there. You don't have to make it all about yourself and some weird proclamation of whatever. Like you're not a comedy writer. You're not even doesn't even sound like you're a real human being. Like you're not a real human being, let alone a football fan. Just leave it alone. Stay in your lane. Joseph Lee Burrow, who's three and zero against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test, Ugh. confirming whether or not he's his father. Awful, awful. Yeah. Cincinnati Mayor Aftop Pervel. All right. Interesting. You wonder, yeah, if I'm the Bengals, I'm like, stop, man. We got this. Yeah. We don't need you adding 
fuel to the fire. We'll, we'll be the ones that throw I it don't think there. that adds fuel to the fire. I don't think it does because I think <sighs> the Chiefs are just like, this guy's lame, and the Bengals are like, this guy's lame. Like no, they, there's The one thing that unites them is thinking <laughs> that the mayor of Cincinnati is a dork. Uh, yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. Uh, that, was, uh, that was pretty awful. Yep. But it's... I got to be honest, I did start thinking I, I could see a scenario where if the Bears win the championship game, I could see Lori Lightfoot putting together a video like that. I could certainly see that. Not not her Arlington Bears. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think so. I don't think Lightfoot would do it. If it were now, you're right. Yeah. You're definitely right. If it were now, though, I could see her putting together a cheesy video like that yeah. and uh, whoever they would be playing uh, throwing shade at them. That's just, yeah. yeah. Uh, come on, man. Got it. You got to do better. If you're, if you're gonna wade into that water, you got to put something together that's a little bit better than that. I mean, this is an acronym that we use. Just bang. Be a normal guy. Just be a normal guy. A normal guy would not get up there and have some three paragraph proclamation about beating Patrick Mahomes or being his father or whatever. Like it's just, it was just like you're trying. You're, you're do less. Just do less. Say who day. Be a normal guy. We were chuckling about this uh, off the air. You mentioned, you know, Jerry Springer actually. Yeah. Was uh, once mayor of Cincinnati. We know him well in Chicago, of course. Um, interesting because I did say, you know, I, I hesitated to even play that because you hate to give the politician what they want. And they <laughs> want notoriety, right? And so me even saying his name is probably feeding to exactly what he's trying to accomplish. I have to believe he probably doesn't have... Um, when you're willing to go out there and do that, I don't know if he's got uh, long-term designs on being the mayor of Cincinnati or if he's got... I, I have to imagine he's he's got more on the table for what he, he bet, hopes to achieve. I, I think you ruined it. I don't know what he can do. I think his career's over. I hope, he, I hope he's an older guy because I can't imagine anyone voting for him or hiring him to do anything. Who, do, who are you rooting for in this game, the Chiefs and Bengals? Well, who did you play again? Who, what, what ch- I haven't put anything in. Yeah, okay. I keep going back and forth on both games. I, it's just like eventually I'm just going to have to throw a dart and go go that route because I can't I can't decide. And now you're hearing things that Mahomes is moving around pretty good. I think that changes the dynamic. I guess I I, I would probably root for the Bengals. Um, you know they've never won one. They've been to the Super Bowl many times. You know going back to the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I'd like to see the the good people of Ohio get something to celebrate because that's pretty rare for that state. And I and I I love the Borough Magic. I think yeah. he's a compelling character and and a Cincinnati Philly or Cincinnati Forty ers as like a throwback to the, you know the the, eight, the Montana versus Sias and like those days. Like I think that there's some storylines there. So I think that's what I would. You know what? I'm going to go Burrow against the Forty ers That's what I want to see. All right. So Bengals Niners. That's Chiefs call. I actually think. Uh, I'm going to go Eagles Bengals. I think that's how this one plays out. I think the, I think Brock Purdy, and and we 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 talked about it. We laid it out earlier. You know Kyle Shanahan and what they've been able to build in San Francisco is the reason why Brock Purdy is able to shine. But you're a little more convinced than I am that he is going to be able to continue this run. I do think if, I think the Eagles. I think if if they're able to get the lead in this game. That is going to be problematic for Purdy. I think the Eagles are a great front runner. Mm-hmm. They if they give their defensive line a, a reason to pin their airbags and chase Brock Purdy, I think it's going to be a tough day for him. Um, now they have no weaknesses. The, the Eagles. Eagles? Yeah. Well, you know you can run on them, and that's oh yeah. That, you know, but the one thing is usually more times than not the Eagles are able to. They're able. No team's really able to jump out in front of them, or they haven't been for the most yeah. part this season. They're, you know, I think um, the Cowboys did a little bit earlier in the year, but that was when Gardner Minshew was uh, their starting quarterback that day. 
the Washington Commanders, remember, they were the first team to beat them this season. They were able to play in a weird game where they kept it close, and it was really the first time that the Eagles were tested all season long. For the most part, the Eagles usually are able to jump out on teams, and then, you know, it's hard to stop that offense. Like It really is. They've got so many skill position players, um, and Jalen Hurts just... He's he, kind of underrated, swaggy, cool guy, too. Oh, for sure, yeah. man. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah, he's very... Like, I saw this video of him where I was like, ooh, maybe I'll just bet on them, because he... He seems loose. He's healthy. He's dancing in practice. Like you could tell, like he is. Certain guys just have that, like that alpha, that kind of moxie about him. And Hurts definitely has that. I, I've said this before. No one has ever been more wrong about anything than I was about Jalen Hurts. Like I did not think that he would make it in the NFL. He's he's spectacular. Like he can do a little bit of everything. Uh, smart, tough. Like he's he runs the ball pretty. Like he runs kind of like a running back. Like he oh, takes, takes a beating sometimes and. And, and he's just he's they're a great team to watch and I love that offensive line they kind of impose their will on, on any defense so that'll be a fun match of seeing how they handle uh, Bosa and that 49ers front four too yeah it's you know that's the one thing when you look at the NFC we were talking earlier you mentioned it how it's you know it's good for the Bears that they're not in the AFC because of yeah. all the quarterbacks the good young quarterbacks that are you know littered across the AFC you know you we we saw it obviously he didn't you know think he maybe took a little bit of a step sideways this year but Josh Allen clearly is one of the best quarterbacks in the league we you know Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes today are going to be on full display we know they're you know they're they're not going anywhere anytime yep. soon they're both very young and very very great um and then you look across the you know Justin Herbert you know we still think there's lots of you know potential for him Trevor Lawrence you Stud. know i mean he, you know he number 1 overall pick he he resides in the AFC um, you know, and then you look, you know, they're not quite, maybe they're not at the same exact level, but you know, Lamar Jackson, we'll see what happens with him, but Baltimore, he's still a quarterback. That's one an MVP in this league. Yep. Um, you know, I don't know exactly where you go with the Broncos and Russell Wilson. That seems like a little bit of a disaster, but they're going to try and get things right clearly. Uh, but you look at the New York jets too. There could be a situation here where they've got their eye on Aaron Rodgers, right? Yep. That's the one spot where everybody looks at they've built up a good roster maybe in the, in the it's way a very real defense absolutely and they've got some good offensive pieces too garrett wilson yep. Brees hall was good until he tore his acl um you know and they've got they've invested lots of high picks in their offensive line as well so the jets are a team that are a quarterback away from being a true competitor we left out Tua too if he's if he comes back and Ooh, well that's yeah. you know he's still in concussion protocol we yeah. that, that came down the uh on friday that he's still currently in concussion protocol, which is scary. It is. Um, it's certainly possible. You know, if Tua gets back to being healthy, he's definitely in the, in the conversation. But I wonder if, you know, if you're the Dolphins, can you really plan long term with Tua? Probably not. You Probably know, not. But gonna he, ha- he he showed signs this year of being maybe not quite at that upper echelon, but a guy who could take you to the playoffs every year. So yeah, if he, if he yeah. can stay on the field, you know, yeah. you're right, you're right about that. Mike McDaniel's done a nice job of building an offense around him. But back to the Jets. Mm-hmm. When we come back. Is that the destination where Aaron Rodgers will be playing his football next season? We'll talk about it here on ESPN 1000. Meller and Barstool Chief, Ryan Brendel here on ESPN 1000, hanging out with you till 11 o'clock, talking championship Sunday as the Niners and Eagles square off in the first game. And, of course, the Chiefs and Bengals will square off in a rematch of the AFC Championship game. 
discussing some of the quarterback options, the quarterback musical chairs that could go down this offseason. And, of course, everybody is curious, will Aaron Rodgers play in Green Bay next year? Now, we've got another report from Adam Schefter earlier this morning where it appears that he is not shying away from the idea that Aaron Rodgers could be playing football elsewhere next season. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers, who does a weekly hit with the Pat McAfee show, Discussed some of that earlier this week. Um, he talked about just look wanting to be a part of a championship team. That's why I said it was mutual on both sides. It's, it's uh, you know, what does the team look like with me? Uh, what are the p- proposed, uh, you know, direction of different players that uh, they're thinking about bringing in? How do I fit in that? And and, uh, and what are the prospects moving forward? I think that's, that's a part of it, you know, because you want to win a championship, Right, you want to you want to be a part of a team that can win a championship, and every team is going to say in the beginning of the season we can win it. But we know every single year there's about you know a handful of teams that have a legit chance, and the four left are all four that I would have said before the season. You know, these four got a chance to win it. Now I would have put us and some other teams in there too, which didn't come to fruition. But um, but you, you want to you want to win, and and uh, every team is going to say they want to win. But it's uh, you know it's the type of team you're putting together, and I don't need you know I don't need all my guys to be there for that. I don't, you know, I'm not standing on the table for these seven guys need to be a part of that, you know, if, if to, to come back. It's just the uh, kind of the feel of, of the team. So there was Aaron Rodgers with uh, Pat McAfee on Tuesday this past week. And, and again, uh, Schefter has a report out this morning on ESPN.com discussing how this is very real. The uh, Packers are at a weird situation as a franchise where they've got Jordan Love, you know, who they drafted in the first round. He's going to be entering his fourth year, so they need to make a decision about picking up his fifth-year option, and I'd imagine they're going to do that. You don't draft a guy in the first round without ever seeing him really play and take the field and not you know, pick up his fifth year. And I mean, truth be told, if they don't pick up his fifth-year option, it's they don't. It's not going to press them into any weird situation this year, but you, they have to make the decision on Jordan Love. And so, assuming they pick up that fifth-year option, that means that next year, based on the money that Jordan Love will be making, it's impossible to have a roster where you have both Rodgers right. and Love there. And so, it seems to make the most sense for the Packers if they're going to go forward with Jordan Love. You know, you're probably going to get the most from Aaron. You trade him now as opposed to waiting one more year and being forced to do it next year in this, all likelihood. This stinks. This stinks. I feel like Rodgers and Favre have tortured this city for 30-something years now. Mm-hmm. It feels like the Bears are on the ascension, and I'll speak for the good people of Detroit too. They're on the ascension. Everybody wants to be the team that buries Aaron Rodgers and not just like, ah, I'm out, and you guys can have fun with Jordan Love. As a fan, I want to see the Bears kind of like rip that mantle away from him, and it feels like like the Bears are trending the right way. They're on the ascension. They would have a chance, theoretically, to do it this year if the mm-hmm. Packers are still bad and the Bears make the right moves. And then he's dead and buried, and the Bears are the ones that did it. If he just runs off to New York and wins a Super Bowl there, that would make me want to puke. That would make me want to puke. So I, I hope that nothing, none of these deals actually come to fruition and the Bears are able to have one last or two two more shots at him because that's how I want his story to end. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I hear you. I unfortunately do you know, think that... This is there's where there's smoke, there's fire. I think there's going to be, you know, 
I think we're going to be he's a I, coward. The, he's running away. Very. <laughs> I think he's. It's so weird how he's following. You know, if it ends up being the Jets, the Brett Favre playbook to a T. Yet again, he'll be like, doing a welfare fraud scam before you know it. Yeah, I mean, the good people of where's Aaron Rodgers from California? Better yeah. watch themselves. Watch it. If, if, if Aaron Rodgers moves back to California and all of a sudden is looking to build a volleyball yep. court, uh, you stay away, my friend. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it, it does feel though like if you're the Jets, you, absolutely you want in on this, right? And if you're the Packers, it's it's honestly it's kind of weird how well they've been able to maintain their their status with him after drafting Jordan Love, right? Yeah. When you remember all all the consternation that came about when they drafted Jordan Love that night and everything, mm-hmm. it seemed like they were trying to force their way out. It seemed like they wanted to try and manipulate a trade to the 49ers yeah but they weren't able to figure it out because the Niners had moved up they had already invested with you know their draft capital to move up to trade for to draft Trey Lance so they really couldn't figure it out that night when Aaron Rodgers was just like this is you know I don't want to be here anymore they won a couple MVPs yeah Yeah. (laughs) but it is like I don't know like they did and they didn't because they drafted him. He's mad. They don't. They never draft him any weapons. They get rid of Devontae Adams. He's he's running off. He's going to get traded to the Broncos. He's going to get traded here. He's going to get. It seems like they're. I'm going to retire. There's drama with him. Yes. Every single off season for the last three four years. So it's it's have they managed it? I don't know. It feels like it's not exactly a happy relationship and hasn't been. And it's something that is seems like he's he's a guy that might be a difficult guy to have relationships with Listen, so. he, i think we've seen it you know publicly play out he's very flaky like it's weird not just like the fact that he could theoretically be going to play for the new york jets in a trade because they oh by the way if you missed it they hired nathaniel hackett to be their offensive coordinator this week the jets did and nathaniel hackett was the offensive coordinator in green bay and aaron Rodgers has talked about how nathaniel hackett yeah. is one of his best friends so you know the jets are doing everything they can to run you know run back the brett Favre playbook the way it happened years ago it's just weird though that this would end up being you know it's i guess you see the young quarterback watch it play out right like like he he's drafted Rodgers, that is, was drafted by the Packers to be Brett Favre's replacement, and Brett mm-hmm. Favre wasn't too keen on that. Yeah. And then for it to... It's, it's insane if they end up trading him to the Jets in the exact fashion that they do with the Brett, with Brett Favre. Just the coincidental nature of it being the same team oh, in crazy. the AFC that yeah. they would trade it. And I think you look at it, like, I don't know, maybe the Raiders... You know, but like that's the only other maybe situation. But I don't know if they have the cap flexibility to make it happen the way the Jets do. And honestly, I don't know if Devontae Adams, you know, wants that to to be run back. You know, if you look at it though, the Packers, it doesn't seem like want to trade him in the NFC. Mm -hmm. So it makes a lot of sense. It makes Rodgers to the Jets makes the most sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's just crazy though that they would play out exactly the same way the Brett Favre situation did to a T. Um, I can't believe we're actually. You know, 15 years later, watching it play out in a very similar fashion the way it did with Brett Favre. It's just crazy. 312-332-3776 if you want to jump in. Talk with us here on ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller. He's Ryan Brendel, Barstool. You know him as Barstool Chief. Um, Up next, the Hawks actually did do what they were supposed to do last night. They got back to their losing ways. We'll, We'll talk about that just a bit here on ESPN 1000. 
If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Barstool Chief here on ESPN 1000. Been talking lots of football here today on Championship Sunday. We're getting ever closer. Don't forget Black and Abdallah with a special wanna bet presented by FanDuel coming your way at 1.30 today from 1.30 until 5.30. They will get you set for Eagles and Niners from 1.30 to 2.00. And then during the game, they're going to be talking about lots of live betting, what they're looking at as it takes place. And then, of course, as the game wraps up, they will get you set for the Chiefs and Bengals game, the AFC Championship rematch coming your way from Arrowhead. That game is at 5.30, so they will be on from one thirty to 5.30, so they'll be here for all your NFL action today on ESPN 1000. Watch along with them, watch the game up, and then throw the app on, and uh, watch it unfold, or watch them on Twitch if you want. As always, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. As always, um, Okay, we've been talking lots about Championship Sunday, but I would be remiss if I didn't pick your brain, Ryan. As a Barstool Chief, you are a big Hawks fan, and last night, for once, there was a different Connor who was in focus. It wasn't Connor Bedard, but the best player in the NHL, Connor McDavid, was taking on the Blackhawks last night, and the Edmonton Oilers put a hurting on the Hawks in Edmonton 7-3 to last night. Connor McDavid, a goal and a couple of assists. I had the game on casually. Um, I have I had a couple friends over who are diehard Hawks fans, and there was a time five, six, seven years ago when they would be over on a Saturday night, and if the Hawks were playing the Oilers, we would be locked into that game. Yeah, the TV was on, but it was definitely background noise mm-hmm. last night because we were not locked in because the Hawks have put us in a position where we're just casual watchers now. Yeah, I, unfortunately for me, I'm mm-hmm. still pretty locked in. Mm-hmm. And I just, again, it's one of those things I just sit there and I'm just in a bad mood. And that's kind of my natural state with the Hawks. So at least, you know, you get to, it's kind of reminding me of the old days. So like they're immediately after lockout, I was in college, I would go to a ton of games. But it's like, you know, I love my all-time favorite player is Peter Forsberg. So if Forsberg's in town, whether he was a Philly or Colorado or Nashville, I can't remember where he was. But I'm make, you would make a point to watch the games sure. featuring some of your the best you wanna, players around. You want to talk about handsome men, those beautiful blue eyes oh, of Peter Forsberg, my piercing, friend. Piercing. Piercing. And um but so that was that was kind of what it was last night where it's like, hey, you're gonna be able to see McDavid. Yes. Might as well tune in and he never disappoints. So uh it's just you know, it's it's nice to see stars on the ice you just wish they were wearing our sweater. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh you know when the Kane and Taves hook up Four one, you know, you, you you get the you feel a little bit nostalgic. It's nice to see, but you also it's always in the back of your mind. This is the last time the two yeah. are, are hooking up on the ice for the Hawks because it does feel like that. I feel I my gut says that Kane will be here next year mm-hmm. and Taves will not. That's yeah. what my that's what my gut says. Yeah, so. and I listen. I think that makes sense. You know, yeah. Um, and especially I, if they get Bedard. Yes. Yeah. Well, 
from your lips to God's ears. Let's hope that's the case. That'll actually make I'm, this season uh, tolerable. I'm I'm doing the the tankathon.com what you know sim lottery right now. I just won three in a row. Yes. So that's I feel like that's, that's a good so, omen. So the NHL runs tankathon.com just like they run the real draft lottery, huh? That's good to hear. Um, of course, and uh, Barstool Chief does the hockey show with Pat Boyle. Every Saturday, you can catch it on ESPN 1000. You can also check it out on the ESPN Chicago app if you missed it. So that, of course, is why I wanted to pick Ryan's brain just a little bit. I'll be in for Pat next week doing the hockey show with you, Ryan, as it's uh, All-Star Weekend. The festivities will be going on. Pat is going to be taking a, nice a much, time yes, down in Mexico. So. A much-needed little yeah. bit of uh, getaway for Pat Boyle. So I will be in with Barstool Chief next week on the hockey show. So we will talk lots and lots of pucks with you next week. It'll be a perfect opportunity to maybe take stock of where the Hawks are at. Maybe look at uh, some of uh, where they're at with some of their players this season. And that deadline is fast approaching. So the the deadline is March 3rd. So we're heading into that territory and they keep kind of kicking the can down the road on 19 and 88 with whether or not they want to get traded or not. Uh, They said they'll revisit the discussion mid-February. So right around Valentine's Day, they'll profess their love to those two guys. Say, don't leave us ever. And uh, and I I really I'm not ready to say goodbye as miserable as as it's been. So I hope they find a way to work something out with an extension for Kane or something. Um, and, and I think if they I think I think he'll sign. I think there will be some term on that deal. That's where that's where I am right now. Okay. I listen. I love to see it because um, I don't know if you're going to get anything that's going to be a game changer if you trade Patrick Kane. Right. Like you're going to be grabbing. You know a first round pick, but the reality is, you know, you still got to hit on that, right? Like there's something to be said for if they, they're they're in position now where the most critical pick will be whatever they, you know, the pick that they end Mm -hmm. up getting in their own pick. Right. So, and if you're trading, if, if, if Kane's willing to leave and you do trade him away, it's not going to be a great first round pick. Right. So there's value in having somebody like Patrick Kane on this roster for the next wave of young players to learn from. Totally. And, and even look, there is a reality that, Patrick Kane is more valuable to Chicago than he is anywhere else because you need somebody to put on billboards and commercials and sell some tickets while this rebuild continues. And if you don't, even if you get Fantilli, the kid from Michigan, yep. I watched that game last night. Actually, Penn State Michigan was fantastic. Luke Hughes had four goals and a comeback. But Fantilli looks like he's going to be a great player, by, but he's not going to be the marketed guy the way a Bedard would. So no matter who you get the top of the draft, Carlson, whoever, you're still going to need 88 to, to get people excited, move some tickets, have some brand ID. Otherwise, it's a very anonymous team. So I would, I would like him to come back. I hope he's on a line with Connor Bedard. I hope they throw some money around because the, the big contracts are coming off the books with $21 million for, for Taysen Kane. Whatever Kane signs for, it's not going to be that. Mm-hmm. So they'll have some flexibility. And, and hopefully, I, I kind of think that this turnaround is going to happen more quickly than people realize. I like... I like the prospects they had. It seems like they're they're three for three in their first round picks last year. They're going to have multiple first round picks this year. Some, uh, Ryan Green looks like he who's at BU. He looks like he should have been a first round pick. He should have been on Team Canada for the World Juniors. He looks like a very nice piece of the puzzle. So it's starting. You can kind of if you if you squint your eyes a little bit, you can see uh, uh, a brighter future than what we've been dealing with lately. It's like back in uh, 08 when you started looking at like yeah, what was on, you know, the, what the exa- Hawks were doing, exa- right? Or, All of a sudden. Or, or a little bit before yeah. that. I remember like going to a game, uh, it was like the end of the 2006 season. 
And, you know, they had signed Marty LaPointe and Havlat. Sure. But mm-hmm. then they're like, you know, I don't know who this Keith guy is, but he looks all right. Yeah. You know, he was a second-round pick. And, and mm-hmm. Seabrook, Seabrook next and, to him, yep. And, and they the brought line. in Sharp. And, yeah. and Dave Boland had made his debut. And Bufflin had played a little bit that year. You're like, all right, like, I don't know how high up is, but there's some there's some building blocks here. And then you add in Taves and Kane. It's like, off and Hosa, and you're off to the races. Yeah, all of a sudden you had those centerpieces that you yeah. could build around and you could and see. And that's kind of what's missing. It feels like they have those kind of complimentary type prospects in the fold they need like that yes the 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 rock upon which a dynasty was built kind of absolutely the centerpiece he's ryan brendel again a barstool chief i'm jeff meller uh wrapping things up here today don't forget uh we will be back next saturday we'll be have plenty of talk with the hockey show on espn 1000 one note how about this georgia quarterback stetson bennett was arrested this morning for public intoxication tough did you see the video I have not seen the video. He, I'm going to have to check it out. He got hit harder by the Dallas police than TCU did. I mean, he they smoked him. Big time I think time that's sack. Baker Mayfield from when he got arrested. Oh, am I looking yeah, at the wrong I video? Th- yeah. Because I, I, oh, I got duped by the internet. I, I'm an I internet guy. Well. It should have been better than that. Don't get gots, Barstool Chief. What are you doing to us, man? We expect you to bring uh, the social I'm media. I'm so disappointed that's in myself. Right. You know what? The good news is you corrected yourself before we wrap things up. I didn't. <laughs> oh, it's real. <laughs> I got you. No, he corrected okay, me. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, Jake, yeah, Jake, yeah. Jake fixed us. Sorry, Jake, Jake, Jake got, got us right. Goodness. He's, he's young enough to know yeah. how this social media stuff works. Man, it's passing you by already, Chief. You're way too young for that. Well, there's so many videos of the same, this people making the same joke that I'm like, oh, it must be real. All but, right, don't forget Black and Abdallah coming your way at 1.30. Thanks so much for listening to us. Black and Abdallah with Wanna Bet, presented by FanDuel, up at 1.30. This is ESPN 1000.